Thanks for joining us for today's sermon on the Brick Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Jared Callahan, and I'm the lead pastor here at the Brick, and we're so excited that you're going to check out today's message. Our prayer is that each week the message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you connect to God, maybe in a brand new way. We also pray that you connect with us as a community, that it doesn't stop just with your connection with God, but it gives you an opportunity to connect with the people at the Brick Church. So don't hesitate to reach out. Let's jump into today's message. Today, obviously, Baptism Sunday, and I'm, I'm extra excited, um, and that is because my daughter is getting baptized at 1130, so uh, that's pretty cool. What I want you to know and what I've challenged our team to see and recognize is like every person in that pool uh, is somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's mom, and uh, they're now part of the family. Like So like I want to elevate the expectation of everybody that walks in here that it feels like they're ours, that they matter that much, that they matter with that kind of uh, power. Um, before we jump into our series, um, something that stood out to me that I just want you to recognize, uh, and maybe I'll do a whole other message on another day, but uh, our daughter's getting baptized, and um, we actually were trying to not get her to get baptized. I know that's probably bad to say as a pastor, like, what? You don't want people to be baptized? I was pushing it off as long as we possibly could until she was at an age where she was ready. So we kept pushing her off, kept pushing her off, and we couldn't anymore. Um, we couldn't, we asked all the questions. She, she understood what she was doing. She understood the process of what she was doing. And it wasn't because of us. It wasn't because uh, we were pushing her to it or because we were explaining what baptism was. It was because she was around people who were doing it. Saw it take place and that inspired her. There is, uh, it is super undervalued to recognize who you're around, what you're around, what, what influences you is what you see day in and day out. So having consistent patterns in your life where you see the good things of God and the things that God does in your life, uh, that, is, that is far more important than anything else you can do in your life is making sure you're around the right thing. It, it inspires you. It spurs you on to take the steps. So uh, just maybe think about that. What does it look like in my life to do that? But today, uh, that's not what we're talking about. That's a different sermon. Today, we're talking about uh, more than enough. Uh, in this series, um, what we want to do is challenge you to see that you have everything you need. That, um, that God has given you more than enough. Like there's an abundance of what he wants to do in your life, what he can do in your life. You've got everything you need to do all that God has called you to do. And one of our key scriptures is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You have everything, all the time you need to do exactly what God's called you to do, all the money you need to do exactly what God has called you. You have everything you need. You got the right gift set. You got the right everything around you that you need to do what God has called you to do. And I, I hope and pray through this series you see that and you believe that and you have the faith to believe that God has given you more than enough to accomplish all that he's called you to. So that's time, money, emotion, all that stuff. But today's a little bit more foundational for you to understand where the more than enough comes from. The, the more than enough that we have in our lives that, that, is, that is true no matter where you're at, whatever situation you're in, right? Like we get lost in this series talking about all the good stuff and like, hey, God's gonna bless you with this and God's gonna give you more and more. But what I found out is that if it's not true in the trenches, it's not worth following in the streets. If it's not true when you're poor, it's not worth following when you're rich. If it's not true in the worst of times, it's not really worth giving your life to in the best of times. And this is this more than enough concept. And the, the idea of having all that you need is true in your worst case scenarios. Uh, it, it is true that you have exactly what you need. Um, and that thing, that one singular thing, it's not, it's not all just time, money. It's there's one foundational thing that's the key, the catalyst, if you will, to all the other stuff. 
to making sure that you have everything you need. There is one thing that you need to start with and make sure you've started with, and his name is Jesus. It's not a what, it's a who. And making sure you have Jesus connected to you, you're connected to him. And once you do, you have more than enough. Here's what it says in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. It says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Uh, this is what I've seen throughout history that he's got it. Like it's, it's in him. It's found in him. More than enough is found in him. Throughout history, whether you go all the way back to like the very first followers, the disciples that are chained up in prison and they find themselves worshiping God who sets them free. Uh, you, you go forward another hundred years and the followers of Jesus are being slaughtered one after another. Like just, just, for, just for saying the name Jesus, just for declaring that Jesus is who he says he is, they're being slaughtered. There's, there's oral tradition of, of one of the Roman empires going after them so violently that he would trap them, keep them for a long, uh, until he had a party, and then he would set them on fire as lampposts for his party. And the stories of those people that are being burned alive is stories of them singing worship to the one who is more than enough. Those are the situations that tell me that if, if I've got enough in the trenches, if I can trust him in the worst of my life, if I can find that he's more than enough in the worst positions, when, when I get the doctor's report that I didn't want to hear, when the, the marriage I've done all that I can do to fight for falls apart, when, when all the bad things happen in your life and it seems like life's cable, uh, crumbling in on you and you can look and go, I got just enough. Sometimes we... we Sometimes we play scenarios out in our head, like, well, how would I handle it if this happened? Like, I wouldn't be able to. And uh, it's true. There are things, hypothetically, that you don't think you can handle. But the people that I've seen go through the worst of the worst. I'm talking people in this church who lost a daughter when she was in kindergarten. Uh, pastors who've lost a daughter when they're four years old. People who've lost their loved ones. People who've had the worst diagnosis. The ones that I've seen make it through and and thrive in those moments, which sounds crazy, have said to me, his grace is sufficient. Like he is enough. Like I didn't, I wouldn't have ever thought I could make it through. I didn't ever think that my marriage would survive this tragedy. I didn't ever think I could serve God after this. I didn't ever think that I would make it through, but for somehow, some way, his grace was sufficient, even in the worst possible moments throughout history, Jesus has been the only thing that's enough. The only thing that's more than enough to get you through the worst. And, and what, I'm, what I want you to see today is that if it's not worth following in the worst, it's not worth following in the best. If you can't trust Jesus in your worst moment, let's not waste our time when we feel good, when we're healthy. But he's got to be more than enough even in the worst. And like the Middle Ages when they're getting slaughtered for the faith. Or, or uh, just five years ago, there was a, a, a group of Coptic Christians that were lined up along the beach. And all they had to say was, like, I don't follow Jesus anymore. All they had to say was, he, he's not enough for me. I'm good. I'm out. Um, and they could have got off that beach and gone home to their families. But instead, they were videoed with their heads being chopped off because they said, no, Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is more than enough for us. And their families are celebrating. Like, apparently, Jesus was sufficient for their families to say, I'm so proud that they held strong to their faith. That's, that, that's, those, those are crazy scenarios. And it's only true if Jesus really is more than enough. That, that he is more than enough to, to, to get us through the worst of times and the best of times. That he's worth following when we got it all and he's worth following when it seems like it's falling apart. He is more than enough and it's found in him. In him, through him, all things are created. He is more than enough. 
But the, the good news doesn't stop there, right? It doesn't just stop at, okay, cool, Jesus is enough. What do I do with that? He has this connection point for us uh, where he wants to take his more than enough and put his more than enough in and through us, right? He doesn't stop at just like, I got this, just follow me. It's all taken care of. What he's saying is like, I want to transfer the way that God sees me into you. I want you to, to be seen and felt like the way I feel with my heavenly father. I want you to feel the same. So that's kind of what you're seeing here in baptism. Baptism is this symbolism where we're dying to our old self and we come out of the water representing that brand new life in Jesus. And it says that we're found in him, we're baptized in him, and we're, we're seen differently by our heavenly father after that. It says it like this in Romans chapter 6 verse 4. It says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. That his more than enough is a, is a transferable resource. That he's saying, like, I've, I've, I'm going to put inside of you all that you need to do everything that you're called to do because you find yourself in me. Connected to me. Like, what we might have found out, what these people found out in this water is they found out that who I was wasn't sufficient. Like me on my own, not good enough. Me by myself, I took what was valuable in me and I corrupted it. I don't know if you found that in your life. That when you were on your own, when you, had your, when you were stuck to your own devices, maybe you put on a good show for everybody. And maybe you try to pretend like you had it all together and you had it all figured out, but deep down you realize you were empty. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you're just here because somebody else is getting baptized. And you say, you know what, on the outside I look like I'm crushing it. I got, I got a great wife, or I've got this great family, I've got this great situation, I've got this great marriage, I've got the nice car, the nice house, but yet it falls flat. Yet I'm missing something. Yet there's something that it just, why doesn't it satisfy? Why doesn't it get there? And what we found out is that we come to the place that our value, our worth, who we are, the, the enough that we have in and of ourselves, we've corrupted. Like we knew we had some gift, we knew that we had some value that should be value. We're told we are valuable as kids, and yet it doesn't seem to like that we got there to that value. I, I heard uh, one therapist told me that like her impression of, of most uh, depression, her, her assessment of most depression is this idea that I have value, but I never see the value. Like most depression comes out because people um, feel like I should be valuable, but the world has told me I'm not. People feel like, I, I, I've been told that, that I was special. I was told that I could do anything, and yet I don't see that that's the way the world treats me. I don't see that that's the way that I live my life. I'm not as valuable as I feel like I should be. And what baptism does is finally comes to grips with, in and of ourselves, we aren't that valuable. In and of ourselves, we mess up the value that was supposed to be innately there, and we corrupt it. We taint that value, and it's like a cancer that bleeds into us, and all of a sudden, we're less than valuable sometimes. Sometimes we go so bad that not only are we, we are corrupting our value, but we're also hurting other people's values. We're also hurting other people in the process of our addiction. We're also hurting other people in the process of our mental struggles. We're also hurting other people in the process of, of trying to figure out and find value. We're using other people. In the meantime, it's time to figure out that we come to the place where you go, you know what, I can't. Not in me, not, not by myself. I have finally come to the conclusion that I'm not enough on my own, that I don't have enough on my own, and this life doesn't satisfy if it's just about me. And that is the essence, the starting point for the gospel. The starting point to follow Jesus is to say, I need a savior. 
I need someone to, to bring out the value that was already supposed to be there. I need someone to, to help me to get rid of this corruption, this cancer that is in my soul. I need something or someone to come save me. And that's the point of what Jesus did to say, I did it. I got you. I, I, I've covered you. And so when they go under that water, um, they come out completely drenched, like fully, head to toe. Like I make sure, like I'll go all the way down in case I have to. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll hold you under if I need to. I'm not going to do that to you. Like I didn't do that to nobody. Nobody's drowned uh, yet. Yet, all right? Um, talk trash before we go in the pool. I might, okay? But not yet. Um, and so I'll make sure, like I go out of my way to make sure you're fully drenched because that's the symbolism, that you're fully covered in Christ because it says it like this in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 it says for all who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ there's the there's an imagery of of being fully inundated with Christ like fully clothed like from head to toe you're clothed with Christ so much so that the illustration that scripture uses is that God looks down and he no longer sees you, but he sees his son, his child, his daughter. He no longer sees the old corruptible you that was messed up, the value that you tainted, the value that you messed up, that you corrupted. He doesn't see that. He sees his son instead. It's like, oh, that's my, that's my son's shirt. That's, that must be my son. That's my daughter's clothes. That must be my daughter. That he sees Christ in you rather than seeing the corruption that you brought to the world. That's the imagery. And for some reason, we have a tendency, even as followers of Christ, to like to use that flippantly. Because this is the starting point. This is a symbol of what you're doing, right? This is not actual salvation. This is a symbol of what God is doing for you spiritually. Going all the way under is a symbol of you dying to your old self. It's a symbol of you coming back to brand new life. It's a symbol of what God has already done in your soul. And you're telling the world, this is me now. I need you to see it. I need you to understand it. This is what's true about me. I've been made new in Christ. And I'm clothed in Christ. Like I'm, 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 I'm fully in him. And sometimes in our Christian walk, we like to pick and choose when we wear Jesus, if you will. Like, I know this is a little bit maybe like silence of the lambsy because we're wearing Jesus, but here we go. Follow me here. Um, we are clothed in Jesus, right? We are, we are clothed in him. And sometimes we want to uh, see this as like a one-time deal or a Sunday deal. Like, okay, that one time I was baptized, I was clothed in Jesus. That one time uh, on Sunday when I showed up, my worship strong, I was clothed in Jesus. And, and we like to only wear him when it seasonally fits. Like, we, we want to we follow Jesus, want to be found in Jesus only when it's, like, convenient for us, right? When the relationship we're in needs to go to the next level physically, but we know Scripture tells us it can't go until there's another, you know, like, some things we sign and some commitments we make publicly. We were like, ah, I don't, I mean, like, let me take Jesus off for a minute. Let me, let, me, let me step out of Jesus for a moment. When, when the party's happening and it starts to pop, it's like, hold up, that's, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. Like, like, it's fall all of a sudden. It's October. So I got my flannel-ish clothes on, flannel-ish kind of clothes on. And sometimes we, like, we kind of like pop it off and we're like, all right, it's summertime. You know, I can't be wearing flannel in the middle of summer. And we kind of like, we want to set it to the side. And, like, I'll pick up Jesus on Sunday, though. But on Monday, I'm going to do me because if someone cuts me off on the road, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do because I want to be me when I want to be me. And then whenever it's fall time, whenever I need Jesus, I'm going to come pick him back up and, and, and clothe myself in him and I want him there. Mo I've seen this over and over growing up in church. People who are so faithful to the call of God, so faithful to what God has called them to do when they're broke. Have you ever been that person where it's like, when I need, I need some help, I need the church, I'm going to come in, I'm going to be faithful. And then as soon as, like, as soon as money happens, as soon as uh, they start to get ahead, as soon as the business starts to take off, it's like, oh, I'm gonna let me just hold up. 
Sunday's an option. Being in the body of Christ is optional. Being connected to the right healthy relationships is optional because I'm doing, I'm doing kind of good. I'm hanging in there all right. Well, like, we, we won't put Jesus on. Everything's good and everything's fine. And then we put Jesus on, all of a sudden he fixes it again. He's like, all right, I got you. There's grace. I'm going to put that back on. You got you covered. And then all of a sudden you're healthy again. Finances are going well again. And then you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to pop that back off one more time. Let me just, I mean, I'm good. Like, why do I, I mean, like uh, my team lost, so I need a party. Like real hard last night. That was, that was last night for some of y'all. My fault. I shouldn't talk. I shouldn't bring that up. This is not the day, the day for that. It's a hard day for some of y'all. Like how much you drank is between you and Jesus right now. Uh, how much you coped with that. Uh, and I, I was like, let me take him off for a moment and then put him back on whenever I need him. Like, oh, the, the diagnosis came up. I need a healing. Let me get back in Jesus. Over and over again, we take him off and put him back on. And scripture tells us it's a daily moment. Jesus said that I'm going to carry my cross daily. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to put it on me. I'm going to wear him every single day. And every moment that it starts to slip, I got to put it right back on. Every moment that it starts to get out of line with what I'm called to do and be and my value that's found in him, my more than enough that's found in him, I need to put it back on. I need to keep it on. Every single day, you've got to make the decision. What, what are you going to wear? Every single day, you've got to wake up and be like, what do I want to wear today? Right? I wish, I wish like society would be cool. I, maybe I'll just do it. I don't care what y'all think. I like uh, uh, Steve Jobs used to just wear the same turtleneck over and over again. I'm like, I'm really jealous. I don't have to pick what I wear. I'll just wear the same thing over and over again. Maybe that's what it's like for some of you. But most of us just have to, we have to pick our clothes every single day. You got to figure out what you want to wear, what shirt, what jeans, what shorts, what, whatever you're going to wear that day, you got to figure it out. And every single day you have to choose whether you're going to be you or whether you're going to be clothed in him. Every single day you got to decide like, what do I want to be found in? What do I want to be found in? And maybe, maybe you're the other extreme of, what, of when you take Jesus off. When you put Jesus to the side, maybe you're to the other extreme where it's like when it's bad, you have a trouble following him and then now things are good. And you're wondering what's going on and you wonder just like we said earlier about the value that you're missing. And sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's worse for everything to be going good and you're still empty. Sometimes it's worse for everything to look good and it seems like your marriage are good, your kids are good, and all of a sudden you're so empty. Sometimes that's worse. That's because whether you're poor or rich, you still have to be found in Jesus. He is the only thing that's more than enough. It doesn't matter if you're healthy or you're sick. He is still the only thing that's more than enough. And you have to make a choice every single day to decide, am I enough on my own or do I need him? And that to me, I think is kind of frustrating. Like I, I like... I like this idea that like I'm good, like I'm, I'm self-sufficient, if you will. So to be dependent on something else is kind of frustrating for my personality. But scripture tells us over and over again that we need him, that we need to be found in him. Uh, in uh, John chapter 15, verse 5, it says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. We are, this is kind of, this to me, I know all personalities aren't like this, but this to me, the idea that I've always got to stay connected to something to have value feels like a cop out. It feels a little bit like you're saying, like, I'm not actually valuable, if I'm honest, right? At the first outset, uh, that I'm not valuable unless I'm with something else. Like, I'm only valuable as Ashley's spouse. I'm only valuable as the pastor of the Brick Church. It feels a little bit tainted to say, I'm only valuable in Christ. But if we're honest and we kind of process it from a different angle, um, everything in life is only valuable in the right hands, connected to the right things. 
right? It, it doesn't change its innate value, but if it's in the wrong position, the value is not being utilized well. What I mean by that, so, so take a $100 bill. Hopefully, maybe you got a $100 bill in your wallet, okay? You have that $100 bill in your hand. Whose hand it is in at what time of day and what year it is is going to depend on how much value you can get out of that $100 bill. If that $100 bill is in the hands of somebody who's a gambling addict and they like the slots, it's probably not going to retain much value because it's going to get wasted and it's going to go to, to some other people. Other people are going to build nice buildings off of that $100. It, depending on somebody who's a good investor, somebody who's faithful with their, their finances, that $100 bill has a ton of value and can be used to grow and increase and bless other people. It can be used to help pay for food for people. It can, it can get its worth out of it depending on where it's connected to. Over and over again, throughout all of the things that you can think of that have value, diamonds, like there's a bunch of diamonds still stuck in the earth somewhere, and they don't have value until somebody brings that out and places in the right place, the right store, puts the right tools to it to put it on the right ring so that you can buy it and say, ask somebody if they'll say, I do for it. They don't have value until it's brought out and found and placed in the right, even though innately we know it has value. Innately we know it has value, but until it's connected to the right source, it doesn't have value. It doesn't use the value. The value just sits. It's innate. And that's what we are. We can corrupt our value. It can be the $100 bill that goes and gets wasted with frivolous spending. Or we can be that $100 bill that's in the hands of a faithful God who's saying, let me show you what I can do with you, with what I placed inside of you. Another illustration is uh, being connected to the vine. See, I've got, I've got this weird looking thing up here. I wonder if you've been wondering what it is, actually. Um, and this bad boy is this cool thing that I got. And you pro- half of you maybe know what it is. The other half is like, I don't know what is, what's happening right now. Like, I don't understand uh, what this is supposed to be, what's going to happen. Uh, nothing that cool, actually. Um, but when it's unplugged, when it's not connected, it just looks weird. It's strange. Until for a moment you start to turn it on and you see that as it's connected, you can see what it's valuable for. Before, you may not understand, like, where'd you get that? What is that thing? What's that weird curved thing? Is it a microphone? Is it a camera? What's happening on the stage right now? Until it's connected to the source and you can see its value, it is just a weird shape of metal. And so much of our lives are, are it, we know there's something to it. We know that we should have value, but because we stay disconnected from our source, it can't be seen or utilized. And you may go, like, that's, just, that's just a lamp. Jared, that's not that valuable. And that's what you've been saying about yourself. I'm not, I mean, I just, I don't have that many gift sets. I can't do this thing or I can't do that thing. But wait till it's late at night and you need to read some things that are going to change your life. Wait until it's dark enough and you find out that things have value in the right place that you just didn't quite grasp. You didn't quite understand how valuable it was until you really needed it. Like you don't understand how, 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 how valuable it is to have a lamp next to your bed when you're trying not to wake up your spouse, but you know there's something that you, you got to read. There's some book that you're enthralled with and there's some storyline you got to connect to and you want to read that one. You got to get one more chapter in, but you don't want to wake your spouse up. All of a sudden, the value in the right position, the right timing and plugged into the source comes out. And for many of you, you you've, you've changed your value, you've decided you're not valuable. And the only difference, the only difference between you and this lamp, the only difference between you and me, the only difference for, for you that are wrestling with your value, the only difference between you and Billy Graham and all the other people that are used by God is whether or not you're connected to the source. That's the only difference. The only difference is you, you have all the value you need. You have more than enough when you stay connected to the God who knows how to use your value well. 
who knows how to show the world the light when it's dark, who knows how to leverage the things that you've gone through, the struggles that you've gone through to, to, to change the world around them. When it's dark, when I need to read, it's nice to have. There's value inside of it that by itself is pretty useless. It never changed. Like this is worth the same price either way, but it can't get used until it's plugged into the source. And so today uh, I would challenge you to, to be inspired to stay connected to the source in any way that you can, whatever way that you find yourself connecting to what, what value. So I mean this practically. Uh, I don't mean just, hey, this is a good idea. We love Jesus. And there's some ethereal idea of being connected and being valuable. What I mean practically for you to do and for you to live out is I want you to practically have different thoughts, different emotions, and different actions. Okay? When, when you are connected to the source and you are connected to who God says you're called to be, what is going to take place is if you will stay connected, the more you stay connected, the more he will change your thoughts. You'll start to do what scripture says and that takes every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The more that you stay connected, those thoughts will change and it'll start shifting your emotions until all of a sudden you're starting to connect to God in a way emotionally. You're starting to have your emotions healed and brought in line with what scripture has said that they're supposed to be. And then you're gonna start to have actions that reflect what's true. Because you stayed connected to the source. How do you do that? How do you stay connected to the source? Well, you can go back. Uh, Pastor Ryan did a great message last week where he talked about these things called catalysts. And these catalysts are pretty much about staying connected to your source. And he gave a few examples of the ways that he, he does that. One of those is worship is a really crucial thing. How you stay connected is not as important as that you stay connected. All of us are wired differently. All of us connect in a different way. But you need to stay connected to the truth of God's word and connect to him more and more each day. You need to stay so engrafted in him that he no longer sees you, he sees his child. And for me, uh, one, of, one of the things that I have to do is figure out ways to shut my brain off. Like I got to go for a long drive, quiet radio, and just have a conversation with God. Right? Just, just a long drive, nothing on the radio, and I just need to talk. I just need to have a conversation with God. I got some questions. I got some wrestles. There, there are moments where, like, if I'm wrestling through Scripture and, and, and deep diving into Scripture that starts to bring out and correct my thoughts and correct my emotions, there's all of these moments. One of the biggest ones for me, and this is a major catalyst, major life change moment, is fasting. Where if I need to correct my thinking and my, my, my emotions or my actions or my thoughts are out of line with who God says I am, with the connection source of who he's called me to be, it's time, to get, it's time to get serious. Like it's time to stop playing games. I gotta make a big decision. I gotta get back in line with what God and be connected to the source in a healthy way. It's time to get serious and I'm gonna give up some things. I'm gonna sacrifice some things to remind myself that I'm not enough, but he's enough, more than enough. I'm gonna remind myself that the food isn't enough. I'm gonna remind myself the money's not enough. I'm gonna remind myself the energy drinks aren't enough, that only Jesus is the source that I need. And I gotta remind my flesh of those things. There's a lot of ways that you can have a catalyst in your life, a connection point to your heavenly father that connects you to the place and the thing that's more than enough. But I would challenge you to not be fair weather Jesus fans. To only show up for Jesus when you need him. To only show up for Jesus when all things are good. But to stay connected to the source of who God is. Because when, when the storm hits, the storm hits, you're going to need to have set up a, a moment where you've been connected so that you can ride out the storm. So that Jesus is in the boat with you so you can ride out the storm of life. There's this, uh, there's this old saying that goes around. People use it as though it's scripture. And that's that um, God will never give you more than you can handle. 
Um, it's actually, people quote it as though it's scripture, but it's not in scripture. Not a, there's not a sin, you can't find a verse that says God will never give you more than you handle. The best I can tell is we've interpreted a portion of scripture that said he won't, be, he won't tempt you more than you can handle. Like you, he won't give you a temptation that you can't resist. Like you can always get out of the sin that you're tempted to do. That's the best I can tell. But he, he absolutely, like life itself, Jesus doesn't have to send it. Life itself will give you more than you can handle. Life itself will give you more than you can handle. And if you are not connected to the source, if you're not finding ways to be connected, to stay connected, then you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to wonder why your light went out. You're going to wonder why the addiction came back. You're going to wonder why the marriage is struggling. You're going to wonder why the kids are acting a fool. You're going to wonder what happened. And you're going to want to be able to look back and go, I spent years disconnected to the thing that brought me life and value. And I spent time on my own by myself. And the reason I'm, I'm passionate about you seeing this is because uh, I'm here, I'm standing here at, because for, for years I've been trying to stay connected to the source. I'm not perfect. Like all of us, it's always a daily struggle to continue to put on Christ. And there are days where I want to like take him off and fight somebody. Like there's, there's things, you know, that we all, we all go through. Like, but I've, I've strived for that. Like I've had examples set before me that I'm trying to follow and live that out. And, and, and I, I don't, like if I did a hypothetical four months ago, I would have told you I'm probably not on this stage. The reason is because three months ago, my parents passed away. Uh, horrible tragedy, first on the scene, uh, first family member on the scene to see my, uh, my parents' house burning to the ground. Like, um, like by the time I show up, I can see studs in the fire. And uh, it was surreal, like still surreal. It still feels like I'm in like a, an alternate timeline of, of, of what's going on. And that, that moment is like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how I'm going to go another day. I don't know how I'm going to go another week. But every day, the source is just enough to get me through one more day. It's more than enough to survive the day, the week. The source is more than enough because there's a source that's, that, that, I, that I would like to run from, honestly. Like there's, there's a part of me that um, would look and love the opportunity to just escape. Like abandon everything and I'll, you'll find me in a beach. I'm not going to tell you what beach in case I ever do. I'm going to be in a beach, a very specific beach, very specific location by myself. No one's going to know who I, who I am and I'm just going just to just forget about it. But I can't. Like I'd actually like to. There's a big portion of me that would just like to. Just take my family. We're just going to chill on this beach. Nobody knows who we are. We're just going to hang out. I love that. But for so many years, I've connected to a source that told me there's more. I've connected to a source that said that, like, I got you. We're going to get through this. And your value is not done yet. Your value is not over yet. We're not done with this ride. We're not done with what God has called you to do. We're not done. I'm like, wait, but what if? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm more than enough. My grace is sufficient for me. And the only way that I survived this three months is because for months before that, there was a source that reminded me over and over again, I got you. I'm more than enough. I've got you. I'm more than enough. And, and, and in the times, one of the catalysts for me, one of the catalysts is that, like I told you earlier about my daughter, is being around the right people. One of the things for me that is essential is I need really strict guardrails. Like part of the reason I think God calls me to ministry is because I get too distracted if I had a nine to five job. It'd just be like, I just got major ADD and my life is full of ADD. I'd be all over the place doing all kinds of things. Like, oh yeah, Jesus, I should probably serve him. It's like, no, no, there's boundaries to what I'm called to do and I'm surrounding myself with people. And so in this season where it's like, I don't know if I can hold it together. I don't know if I can make it. I've got family that, that have surrounded me, but I've got a, a, a staff of pastors here at the Brick that are checking on me like, hey, you good? That, that'll just be like, hey, are you doing too much at the church? Do you need us to take something off your plate? 
And this week we had a, a board meeting. Most of the time you hear about board meetings from pastors, it's really devastating. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit. It's awful. The board is terrible. But you have a fantastic board at the break. And one of the first things they asked me was like, hey, are you okay, though? Like, we got lots of stuff to do. We got business stuff to take care of. But like, are you good? Like, how can we take more off of your plate? How can we help you? The community you're surrounding yourself with is also a part of the source. When we died to ourselves, we found ourselves in the body of Christ. That is physical humans that we surround ourselves with that represent Jesus in our life. So I've got fasting, I've got prayer, I've got worship, I've got all of these catalysts that keep me connected. And then I've got people. And you need people desperately around you to represent Jesus when you don't feel like you can make it any longer. You need people that love you through the worst moments of your life. And you can make it through anything in your life when you're connected to the source because he's more than enough. He is more than enough. He is more than sufficient to get you through whatever tragedy, whatever situation. If it's not true in the trenches, let's not celebrate it in the streets. If it's not true in the worst of times of our life, then why mess with it when, when life is good? Let's just eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. Or it is true in the worst and in the best. He is good enough. He is more than enough. No matter what we go through, no matter where we find ourselves, he is more than enough. So today, I pray that you find what these people found that he is more than enough. And you don't, just, you don't just let it be one moment, one time, one day, but it is every day of your life that you make the decision, I will fight tooth and nail to stay connected to the source because he's the only thing that gets me through the good times and the bad. He's the only thing that makes it worth it when I'm thriving. He's the only thing that makes it worth it when I'm in my worst. That he is more than enough and that you find out that he makes you more than enough for everything you're called to do. Let's pray. We're so glad you joined us for today's message. Our prayer is that God got the message you needed most today. If you're still here joining us and you're looking for an opportunity to connect to the Brick Church through giving, you can do that by texting the word BRICK to 45888. That's the word BRICK to 45888. The first time you do that, it's going to send you a link, give you the opportunity to connect that number to a credit card, debit card, or bank account. And as you connect with us and we partner together to reach people, we pray that God blesses you in your giving.